I want to read today from the book of Ephesians chapter 4. I'm reading from the New King James Version. And if you would, would you stand with me? We're going to begin with the verse number 1. Stand with me in reverence for the Holy Scriptures today. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Hallelujah. Well, let's just thank God for the scriptures. Man, they're anointed. They're holy scriptures. They feed our souls. Father, I thank you right now for your word. God, that it ministers to us. It's already anointed. Today, I ask you, Father, to anoint me to speak your word with boldness, Lord. Give me the words to say, Lord, to present this message in the way that you give it to me. I ask you, Lord, to anoint our eyes and our ears to see and to hear what you want us to see and to hear today. Hide me behind the shadow of the cross. Lord, let me just give what you want today. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I talked to Taylor, and I want him to read some more scripture for me. I brought my wrong Bible out. The words are getting smaller in this book for some reason. And uh, I have a giant print back there, and I forgot to bring it out. So I'm going to have him read this. This is uh, the uh, New International Version of the Bible. And I want him to read 1 Corinthians 12, verse number 12. And go through verse 31 for me, if you would. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one but one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear... Where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unrepresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. 
And God has placed the church first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healings, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. I get the feeling that God wants us to know that we are one body. How about you? You know, when it was talking, if the body was one eye. How many have seen the movie Monsters? It's a cartoon movie for kids. And, and I forget the little guy. And then they had the big guy. What was the little guy's name? Mike Mike, say it again. Mike Wazowski. He had the one big, huge eye. Can you imagine if your wife looked like that? Can you imagine if your husband looked like that? He's like, that's not right. We need the other eye. We need the arms, the ears. The body of Christ needs each other. And if we were all the same, how boring would that be? Extremely boring. God has a plan, and we could see through his word, he intends for us to work together. In what? Unity. In unity. It doesn't matter what denomination you may be from or uh, have been raised in. God called the body of Christ to work in unity. In unity. I want to preach to you today from the top. Bearing with one another in love. Bearing in one another in love. I looked this word up, bearing. You'll never guess what it means. One of the meanings is to put up with. Come on, don't act like you're so saved. You don't have to put up with some people. Man, alive. We put up, we put up with people all the time. Put up with family members. That's a whole nother sermon. One of, the, one of the greatest messages that the church needs to hear today is the unity or the oneness of spirit. We need to be going in the same direction. A few weeks ago, we had Pentecost Sunday. We celebrated it here at the church. And what we found in the book of Acts chapter 2 is they were gathered together. Jesus told over 500, commanded them to go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise. 120 showed up. Wow, that's obedience, isn't it? Why? There was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that day. And it was for everyone. It was for everyone. Not just the Jews, the Galileans. We, we, we got all these different towns that was there and these different countries that was there. It was for everyone. And we need to, we need to understand we have to have unity. It doesn't matter race. Last uh, Tuesday, I believe it was, somewhere around last week sometime, I was called and asked to come down to Little Rock and participate in a service for racial, racial uh, reconciliation. Went there. There was about 400 people there. And we got up there and we prayed that unity of the Spirit would be broken. Do you know in the book of Genesis, I'm getting way off my sermon already. In the book of Genesis, it tells us about one race that was created. It's called the human race. Hallelujah. Can I tell you, racism is a sin. 
You won't make it to heaven if you're not loving your brother. The Bible tells us, how can you say you love me when you have, you can, you've never seen me, but you say you love me, and you can't even love your brother that you have seen. Lord, help us. I'll get on. I'll keep moving. God's calling all believers to recognize that they are all part of not only his kingdom, but of each other. This local body, this is our church, this is where we gather. This is where we celebrate Jesus on Sundays and Wednesdays, have different events on Tuesdays and other days of the week. But you know what? He wants us to be connected by the Spirit. Amen? Connected by the Spirit. It first begins in a local church. Unity has to be in your local church. I remember years ago, I was up in Illinois this week, and I went by a church that I went to as a child, and I remember a story coming from that church that uh, my uncle was pastoring that they had a, a big church problem because they decided to put carpet, I believe it was red carpet, was it not? Red carpet in a church, and they, they disagreed over it, and there was no unity there, and they had a big problem. Wow. Wow. We have to have unity in the spirit. Some things, you know, we just need to take a pass on and say, yeah, it's all right. You know, it may not be my favorite color. You know, uh, Shelly's outfit may not be fa- your favorite tonight, blue and yellow and, and uh, pink. It may not be your favorite. But, you know, give her a pass today. Bear with her. She'll wear something you like pretty soon. <laughs> we was at Cracker Barrel the other day, and I walked out, and I was talking to my cousin. He goes, where's Shelly at? And I said, she's a 50-year-old Caucasian. She's in there shopping at the barrel. It's Cracker Barrel. You got to shop while you're in there. We got to bear with each other. We got to bear each, with each other. You know, being one, that doesn't mean that we all have to wear the same suit and tie. Right? If you can't see it, I have kind of a brownish tie on today, but it has baseballs on it. I like baseballs. It has baseballs on it. But you know what? You don't have to wear a baseball tie to get to heaven. No? You don't. I didn't see that in scripture anywhere. So we don't all have to dress alike to make it. We don't have to have the same ride. You know, we can only drive Chevys or we can only drive Fords. Man, I've got everything in my yard. Chevys, Fords, Hyundai, it doesn't matter what it is. We got one. We're like a used car lot anymore. We have to have unity, but it doesn't matter about what we're riding in. We don't have to live in the same neighborhood. You know what? It doesn't even mean we all have to worship in the same way. You know, we got, we got some that's going to shout. You know, Pentecost got the, uh, the identity of they're, they're the holy rollers. They're up here rolling around in the altars and everything. You know, I've seen that before. It happens. It happens. When God wants to do something to you, sometimes things happen to you you would never do otherwise. I don't know if uh, anyone's ever noticed or paid attention, but sometimes I cry. When God touches me, sometimes I cry. You're all laughing. You say, every time God touches you, you cry. I know you hadn't noticed, so I wanted to bring it to your attention. But you know what? We don't all have to cry the same way. We don't all have to worship the same way. Worship God in spirit and in truth, whatever he wants you to do. Years ago, we were in Virginia, and my dad was on stage. There was a church that seated about 1,000, so it was a long stage, big balcony out back. And the Spirit of God hit my dad, and he felt like running. He jumped off the stage, took off running. And about the time he comes all the way back around, jumps back on stage, the stage is a little taller than this one, he jumped back up, and he felt and heard somebody behind him land right behind him. 
So after church, he was asking this pastor friend. He pastored the church in, in, uh, over by Kansas City. His name was Dennis Slavens. He said, Dennis, the Spirit of God hit you too to run and dance? He goes, no, I just wanted to see if I could catch you. <laughs> Worship God the way you need to. And if you need to chase somebody, just chase them down. Somebody said, boy, Brother Drew, aren't you worried about wildfire in your church? I said, no, there's enough wet blankets to put it out. We don't have to worry about that. Not in our church. That's somebody else's church, right? Amen. I want to look at verse 2 in our text. There's something there that caught my attention, and it, and it says this, with all lowliness and gentleness. All right, with all lowliness or meekness is what another version says. We're blitzed on a daily basis with songs and TV shows, commercials, billboards, Facebook, uh, Instagram, TikTok. It doesn't matter what you're on. All of it's there. Any kind of media, any kind of social media with the message of you being you. And it's all about you. If you don't like you, go put on a dress. If you don't like you, go put on a pair of pants. If you don't like you, move. It doesn't matter. It's just like whatever you want. Boy, you're getting quiet now. Are we not being bombarded with that? Does anybody else notice it? Is it just me? It's all about you. It's not about the Word of God. It's all about you is what they're telling you. we got to be careful. If you don't like you, then change you. It doesn't matter about anyone else. It's all about you. We see it with parents all the time. It doesn't matter about their kids. They abandon them. It's all about them. They leave them. Oh, now you're getting serious, Pastor. The message is loud and clear. We're bombarded with it every day. You do what makes you feel good and live the way you want to live and down with everyone else. You know, I don't even need the police anymore. We don't need the military anymore. We don't need anybody. It's all about us. We got to be careful what we're doing here. You're worth it. Because you want to do things the way you want to do it, you're worth it. Go buy that house you can't afford. Go buy that car you can't make a payment on. You deserve it. You're a good person. You're better than everyone else. You deserve it. Sadly, that kind of philosophy has crept into the church world. Christians today need to hear this message right here. We are bombarded with the gospel that is causing people to think so highly of themselves that they have no regard for their sisters and brothers in Christ. That same philosophy is, let's, let's just take care of Drew and nobody else. I'm just worried about me and mine has crept into the church world. And that's not what we're supposed to be about. That's not what we're supposed to be about. He said to go into all the world, to preach the gospel. He told us to love those that despitefully use us. Well, that's not right. They did something to me. I'm going to get them back. And we pull the three stooges on them and poke them in the eyes. That's not what God said to do. Lord, help us. Power seems to be the thing. To be the controller of God's power brings a sense of superiority. Well, you know what? Our church, we had the Holy Ghost move last Sunday. The Sunday before that, pastor didn't even get to preach because the Holy Ghost was moving. And all these things are true, but guess what? It's his power. It's his glory. It's not Drew getting the glory. It's not the praise team getting the glory. It's God getting the glory. He loves us enough to visit this tabernacle. Amen. 
Hallelujah. But sometimes we just think, well, you know what? We're just a little better than somebody else. I wear a black suit with a black tie. I'm Johnny Cash. I've got this tie on. Baseball, Johnny Cash, all at the same time. We pray every Sunday morning in my office, and the prayers we're praying in there. We have the praise team in there. We have prayer warriors in there. Deacons come in there. All the staff come in there. And we pray every Sunday that we lift Jesus higher, not someone else. It's not about me. It's not about us. It's not even about TFT. It's about God. Sometimes I say this, and I don't mean it. it, it please understand me. I, when I say it, I say I'm probably the worst representative to go out and, and try to bring people into the church as far as our local congregation because I want to point people to Jesus, not to TFT. Now, TFT is where you can find Jesus, and we have the greatest people in town going right here at TFT. Amen? Amen? But you know what? It's not just about TFT. It's about winning souls. For God. And when we get to that point where we think, you know what, we got some control, we got some power, we got God moving in our house, what do you got over in your church? We got the wrong spirit. God help us. It seems spiritual egos have taken over and we think we're in charge of things. We need to realize that God's in charge and not us. We pray every Sunday morning, like I said in my office, lift Jesus higher. Amen. And that's what we want to do in every one of our services. It's not about us. It's about Jesus. We come to lift up and worship the almighty Savior, the creator of this world, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. We come to point people to the cross. Do you know without the cross, it's nothing? That's where the blood was shed. And somebody said, well, you, you mentioned the blood so much in this church. I just hate the blood. But it's all about the blood. You're going to hear the blood in this church because it's all about a crimson blood that took a black heart and turned it as white as snow. Simply because of his blood, we needed a pure sacrifice. And that's what we, that, that's what we have in Jesus. The Bible said in John 12 and 32, And I, if I... I'm lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. And we know the Bible's written to certain people. We know it's written into a certain time and, and in context. That scripture in context is talking about Jesus being lifted up on the cross. But guess what? It still works when I say, if I lift him up, he'll draw them in. If I'll keep speaking the name of Jesus, if I keep lifting his name up, I'm going to keep pointing people to the cross in Jesus. Amen? We can't exhaust, exalt ourselves. We have to exalt Jesus I hear people say that they hate their self. I hate it that I do this. I hate it that I do that. No, you don't. I'm tired of hearing that. If you hated it, you wouldn't do it. You love yourself. You're full of pride, and that's why you want to go out and get do it. Good preaching, Pastor. You're doing a good job. I'm getting ready to dodge the rotten eggs and songbooks. I'm ready for you. People love themselves. That's why they live for their own desires and not God's. We're not dead to our flesh. I'm not talking about a physical death. I'm talking about a spiritual death to our flesh. We're battling a spiritual battle within our flesh. We're doing whatever our flesh wants. So that tells me that we love ourselves enough to continue to do whatever we want because we love ourselves more than we love God. Oh, it's quiet here. Let me read this to you. This is scripture. Philippians 2 and 1. Therefore, 
if there is any consolation in Christ, if, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only of for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Wow. That's some powerful scripture right there. In other words, stop being so inward and look a little outward. What's going on with your neighbors? What's going on with your friends? What's going on with your church neighbors? Who's sitting by you? What's going on in their life? Are we so shallow in Christ that we believe that, you know, just as long as I get to heaven, I'm, we're okay? I can't bring everybody you know, so just as long as I make it in my family, then, then we're good. No, we need to look out for other people's interests also. Stop thinking with just you or just your family. Start putting others first and see how God blesses you. We start doing God's will. We start blessing other people. We start, start concerning ourselves, start throwing ourselves and helping other people. See what God's going to do, do with you. In the, in the New International Version, Ephesians 4 and 2 says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Be bearing with one another in love. Hey, fellas, let's calm down over there. All right? If we're going to be one, we must accept the other parts of the body and their imperfections. How many think they're perfect right now? I'm not even looking up. I don't even want to see somebody's hand. God is still working on every one of us. I want you to look around, look at your neighbor and tell him, say, God's still working on me. God's, God's still working on me. He's still working on me. He's still working on my boys. I took an eight-hour trip with them this week. He's still working on them. Holy cow. He's still working on my mom. I want you right now. Raise your hands if you're glad that God's still working on your neighbor. On your neighbor that's sitting right next to you. Oh, wait a minute. I better put my hand down there. Oh, me. Guess what? Everyone may not be in the same spiritual place that you are. Pray for them. They'll get there. You know, I'm not worried. Maybe you are. You know, and maybe you're not where I'm at. I don't, you know, but I'm not the judge of that. I'm just trying to worship Jesus. I'm just trying to follow Jesus and not judge somebody that's sitting by me. You know, well, they need to do this. They need to wear a black uh, suit and black shirt, look like Johnny Cash with a baseball tie. God help us. Bearing with one another. Bearing with one another. We may not be in the same place as everyone else is spiritually, but you know what? We still need to love each other. We need to love each other. We bear with them. They bear with us. We teach them. They teach us. We're to be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Bearing with one another in love. When you cast a net, I love this. You can't choose what you, cast, what, what you catch. If you're a fisherman, you cast a net and you pull it back. In. You know what? You may get an old license plate in there. No shoe. You may not get the fish you're looking for. Guess what? In the spiritual realms, you get what God wants you to get. Keep casting the net. Keep casting the net. You know, when they come in, don't think, well, they're not like me. Pray for them. 
We're praying for our neighbors, right? Amen. The Pharisees criticized Jesus for spending time with sinners. Jesus was not participating in their sin, but yet the Pharisees are criticizing them for spending time with them. He was winning them to the kingdom. He was preaching to them, but yet he's being criticized for. John 17 tells us that we're in the world, but we're not of this world. Amen? The NIV of Ephesians 4 and 3 says, Make every effort to keep the unity. Make every effort. That's a tough one. What do you mean make every effort? We like to be in control. We like to be the boss. And now you're telling me to make every effort to keep unity? It means what it says. It means that it takes effort on our part to have unity. That means we can't always have it our way. Wow. I thought I'd hear a bunch of amens. You guys are just submissive. You're just happy to be here, and God bless you. How many had a sibling you was raised with? You had a sibling that you didn't like. Keep it. I had a certain way. We lived on a farmhouse in Illinois, and uh, they've tore the house down, five big barns, and I drove by there the other day. And, and I was looking, and, and I remember my bedroom upstairs. It was, it was a large house uh, we rented for years, and I think if I counted right, there was five bedrooms upstairs. And I had this little bedroom, and I had it, it was pristine, man. My bed was, was made perfectly. My pillow was, I was like in the military. I was tucking it in there. I, I had it all looking, like, all my stuff was put up. I had a drum set in there set up, and, and I would beat on it and drive my parents crazy. And I, I had my drawers there, and, and all my clothes inside my drawers were, were put in there neatly and, and, and nice. And I hated it when my siblings come in my room. I have an older sister. I have a younger sister. They wasn't there around at the time, but then I had a younger brother. I hated it when he came in my room. I hated it. At that age, he was kind of like Carden. I mean, you could follow Carden. I mean, he leaves such a trail. I mean, there's no way he could get lost somewhere. We just we could just follow the ice cream trail. You know, we'd find him. Paper trail, mints, candy, don't matter. But I hated them coming in my room because I liked it my way. We had family come over, cousins come over. They play in my room. I had a blast and everything. It was like, couldn't hardly wait for them to leave so I could clean it back up and get it back my way. Shelly's wondering what happened to me. God bless Shelly. I'm afraid that sometimes we're trying to make the church and the gospel about us and the way we want things to be. Instead about what the word says. Amen. You know, Jesus is he's in control of this thing. Amen. God has his own way of doing things. That's why we pray. We plan. We prepare for service. We prepare all these things. But when God goes in a different direction like he has the last two Sundays, guess what? We flow in the spirit. We're just going to flow with whatever God wants to happen. We're just going to see where he wants to take us. Why? Because he's the boss. He's in charge. He knows what I need when I don't even know. Amen. God has his own way of doing things. Sometimes we don't understand. It's like, God, we, we've got a plan here. Well, this will really work out. If you do it our way, we need to understand to stay in God's way. God has order and a chain of command, and we need to understand that. Shelly, would you come back? He has order. He has ways that he wants 
doing things. One of them things, he wants us to make every effort to keep unity. It means I can't always, it can't always be like it was before. Ask Moses. Moses did some things with that rock. I'm sure he regretted. God wanted him to do something different. He didn't want to do it different. He was aggravated. He was mad. The scripture doesn't really tell us. We can just kind of guess what was going on there. But you know what? We need to understand God's in control. When God says something, we need to follow him. I said a couple weeks ago, my, my grandma had a sticker on her refrigerator that said, if God said it, that settles it or something to that, that effect. Uh, or no, it says, it, it, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. And I said it last week or two weeks ago, and I'll say it again. It doesn't matter if we believe it or not. If God said it, that settled it. We need to be believers of the word. And the word tells us to make effort to keep unity in the spirit. This thing of unity changes because people change. And growth brings change. Sometimes we get uncomfortable with new things. I've already told you I like old things. I like a certain cookie and Nabisco discontinued it. Liked a certain deodorant and band discontinued it. Things change. Things change. I loved a product called Coke and they changed it to new Coke. It tasted like flat Pepsi. The change happens. God wants to do new things. Taylor was preaching the other day talking about uh, new wine going into old wineskins. That's what Jesus was talking about. But me and my dad was talking later. I said, Taylor wasn't talking about an age of someone. He's talking about God wants, if you're breathing God's air, God's wanting to do a new thing, pour new wine into new wineskins, into you. We need to understand he's a God of change. I know the Bible says he changes not. He's a God of new things. Let me rephrase that. He's a God of new things. He wants to do new things. Why? We'd get caught up in the old things. We'd never let God move. Well, God moves and I'll fly away, so that's the only song we're ever singing. God moves in whatever song you did, the Shekinah Glory today, so that's the only song we're ever singing again. No. We can't get caught up in that. We've got to make every effort to keep unity with each other and everything in the church. Would you stand with me? Shelly's playing a song right now. I'm going to have her sing it in just a minute. God is right there with us all the time. He loves us. His love will never be taken from us. He's always going to love us. But he's waiting patiently for us listen to his voice and to do what he wants us to do. Shelly, would you sing this to us?